All right, let's talk with uh, Vaughn Palmer of the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. And the question you were going to ask me, the answer is MacArthur Park. Greatest album of all time? Worst song ever. <laughs> and, you know, people of a certain age are really lucky that they weren't alive when this thing was played every hour on Top 40 Radio, because it's only fair to pick on a song that was actually huge in its time. When you listen to Richard Harris's version of MacArthur Park, never mind Bill Shatner's version, um, <laughs> and you hear the line, someone left the cake out in the rain, you're going to go with absolutely everyone on LSD that year, like, what the hell was the appeal of this thing? So, wait, so, to be clear, though, are you talking about the Donna Summer version of MacArthur no, Park? Oh, God, no. That's, that may be the second worst cover version ever. The worst version is a cover version ever of a worst song ever is, of course, William Shatner's But version. tell me how you really feel, Vaughn. Tell me yeah. how you really Anyway, I'm there's your answer. And, Thank you. you. know, there's no need to pick on other songs or anyone else. No need to even pick on Celine G- Dion. Don't get me started on her. But it, the uh, worst song ever, beyond dispute, MacArthur Park. I'm just going to say, direct your comments about Celine Dion to Vaughn Palmer. Do not. I'm not the one who <laughs> criticized Celine Dion. Send them to Vaughn. He can deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to start a whole other anyway. debate here, Vaughn. Okay, let's talk about uh, what's going on out there. There is an update on this whole, the leaked BC Center for Disease Control reports, right? Yes, there is. And <laughs> it was question period in the legislature on Monday. And I mean, there's really no avoiding the the fact that these two reports were out there last week, that they had a lot of information in it about uh, neighborhoods, about uh, infection levels, about uh, vaccination levels in, in some neighborhoods, and a lot of detail the news media had been asking for. So the, really the only question was, how is the government going to deal with this? And mainly they had dealt with it by avoidance. They, they didn't acknowledge that this had shaken confidence in their transparency. But in the course of question period, we got some interesting information, as we always do. I, I, Adrian Dix's defense of these reports is interesting. He said, you know, the BC Center for Disease Control should be commended for pulling these reports together because there's a lot of information in there, which is important, and they should get credit for that. Okay, so far so good. Uh, why did we have to get it leaked? Dick said, well, you know, it's not like this stuff was hidden. <laughs> That, yes, it, it, was was. Distributed, it was distributed to 100 selected recipients. And th- this is interesting on two levels. I mean, first of all, the NDP's definition of transparency is we gave it to 100 insiders. So what do you mean it was hidden from the public? Right? It, it's out there. Uh, the other thing, really? <laughs> yeah, and as a longtime student of government leaks, uh, one thing that really jumped out to me is... With any leak, one of the responses of a government is usually a witch hunt. How did it get leaked? Who gave this to the news media? How did they get a hold of it? Where did it come from? Who, who had a copy and who gave it to the media? Well, the trouble with 100 people on the distribution list is really bad news for the witch hunters because that's too many suspects. Um, you know, uh, you you can if only three or four people had it, then and this is why you know the leak industry is not all that great because the information is held so tightly, 
and they they code it too, you know, like they'll put right. a different number so that in case somebody does leak it, they can trace it back. But my reaction was, okay, uh, you know, they gave it to 100 people. And of course, they announced yesterday that this is actually going to, they're going to start posting this on the BC Center for Disease Control website starting Wednesday. We're going to get this kind of information. Now, I'm sure that was always the plan, Simi. I, I, oh, I sure. Would, I wouldn't be a cynic and say that the only reason we're going to get it is because it got leaked last week. But anyway, there you go. Yes, there you go on that. I have a feeling that's not the end of this, so we'll see. No, what- it isn't. You know, the other thing, and I heard you talking to Gordon McDonald about this this morning, and I think it is important, is um, we've we've gone back and forth all year with uh, between the premier and the more cautious people in public health uh, over, you know, when do we see the end of this? And yesterday... Um, the Dr. Henry, in her briefing, got asked about the Saskatchewan exit plan, which just got rolled out this week. And when are we going to see one of those in BC? And they said, well, it's in the works. But Dr. Henry is really interesting on this. She was very cautious. She said, you know, we have to look at what happened in Nova Scotia, how quickly, how quickly you can think you're out of the woods and discover you're not. Uh, the death toll is still high in British Columbia. We still have problems with variants. And so she was really saying, you know, we're not out of this thing yet. And Adrian Dix is really interesting. He said we have to continue to live in the present. So I would say, you know, Premier John Horgan has been the optimist, talking it up. You know, we get through May 25th weekend, you know, the end is in sight. I was really struck yesterday by how our two main public health officials, the health minister and the provincial health officer, both said, hang on, we're not there yet, let's just take it one day at a time. I think that's wise, and I was encouraged to hear them say that. Okay, and one other thing I want to talk about, which is not COVID-related, why were we hearing about benches in the legislature (laughs) yesterday? What was going on here? It's fabulous, you know. Mike Farmer, it's on on YouTube already, I think, because a government house leader has asked a question. I've never seen him respond with such glee. Uh, So they brought in legislation every... 10 years or so, we redistribute the legislature, the, the seat boundaries, to take uh, account of shifting population and growing population. So they, the House is already 87 members, so when I started a century ago, it was 57, and it was crowded then. It's just overflowing now, and they're adding seats again. So we could go up to 93 MLAs. And so Farmer gets asked by my colleague, Katie DeRosa, the Vancouver Sun, uh, how are you going to fit all these people in? And Farmer said, thank you for that question. This is great. As a longtime parliamentary nerd, I'm telling you the answer is benches. Just like, like the UK yeah, Parliament. Say like the UK. You know, when you hear backbenchers, like it refers to benches, right? It, it, I suggested bleachers and give them all little flags to wave, wave for their parties. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, this, the chamber is so crowded now, and they've done absolutely everything to fit people in, including they, some years ago they spent a fortune cutting the desks down by about several inches in order to fit more desks in. So... Uh, We're going to get uh, a bigger legislature, and I know uh, the listener will just be excited at the thought of what more provincial politicians. It's going to be controversial because the other thing they've done is the previous BC Liberal government protected some uh, rural 
Interior and Northern Enclaves uh, said they could have seats with less population. And even though that general idea has been respected by the courts, the New Democrats have stripped it out, uh, probably going to mean the elimination of some seats currently held by the B.C. Liberals, although, you know, in the past the NDP has won those kind of seats too, so I'm not sure that it'll work out the way the NDP hopes. So they're talking about like evening things out then. So you've got more equal size in terms of the writings. Yes. That's, I mean, that's the idea there. The Canadian courts have said, because Canada's a spread out country and it's hard to represent great big areas, you can have some variation from the mean. So it's not like the American Congress where it's strictly rep by pop. Uh, here, plus or minus 25%, which is a pretty big range, but we have seats in BC where it's greater. We have parts of British Columbia where, you know, um, an MLA from Surrey represents maybe twice as many people, uh, more than that sometimes, than some of the rural members. So what it means, of course, is it takes fewer votes to get you elected, and it means a departure from from fair representation. So I think we're going to move back to something that's fairer, something that's more evenly balanced, but it'll be controversial because, of course, uh, communities don't like to lose their local representation. And the Liberals will say that this is kind of self-serving for the NDP because right now the NDP is mostly representing urban ridings, which are heavily populated, and the Liberals are mostly representing rural, interior, northern ridings, which have less population. Right, but Mike Farnworth will be happy because it might mean benches. Yeah, but it might mean benches. <laughs> Selena Robinson was so funny yesterday. The the finance minister, she said, okay, you know, but make sure if you're putting in benches that my feet can reach the floor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Her joke, very funny. That's funny. Uh, thanks for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye.